Perspectives. This is the last Perspectives of 2020, and I am absolutely thrilled and honored to have the founder of Shabby Chic, Rachel Ashwell, as my guest today. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. I didn't realize I was the last of this whirlwind year that we've had. You are the last of the whirlwind year before we start again in 2021. And it certainly has been a whirlwind. How are you doing? Um, you know, I think like all of us, definitely been disturbed on many, many, many levels. Um, but also finding silver linings as well. So I think it's just, you know, keeping perspective, keeping balance amongst this situation of, of many things that have gone on this year. Not just, I mean, I guess mainly the, the pandemic, but that's, you know, spiraled a lot of other things too. It really has. It, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think you're right. It's been such a, it's been such a hard, divisive, disturbing year, and hopefully also now starting to heal in certain ways. Yes, let's hope. But I think, sadly, there's going to be some, you know, brutal realities and resets once various, you know, supports kind of disappear or, I don't know, dissipate a little bit. It's, it's an unsettling time, and yes. in such an unsettling time, your aesthetic, the shabby chic brand and look, feels almost much more important to people that are looking for some comfort. And I wonder if maybe that this is then a good way to start to just talk about the shabby chic brand. I mean, you've... you've built something so amazing over this beautiful, unique aesthetic and philosophy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, the, the interesting thing about when I started Shabby Chic, which was in 1989, with a relatively short development, you know, it wasn't like I thought about it for a long time. And, um, you know, I'd actually just had two kids, one of whom was a newborn and one was two. And prior to Shabby Chic, I was a stylist for commercials, which, you know, are quite rigorous hours and you don't really call your own schedule. And so the whole point of Shabby Chic was to build a little tiny, uh, authentic, simple store, really, in Santa Monica that still stands, um, that really spoke authentically to wanting what was my mantra then and still is, which is beauty comfort function. I feel that, you know, whether it's a, a sofa or a, a vase, whatever it is, as long as it kind of goes through that funnel, that I, I feel that it has a good purpose. So, you know, it's been a, a, a pretty consistent aesthetic for me. Um, of course, when you've had a brand for three decades, you go through many, many trends. You know, we've been through the minimal, we've been through the boho, we've been through all kinds of things. But I think that, you know, and obviously within those trends, we've had higher highs and not quite such high highs um, as we've been in and out of favor, so to speak. But I think the fundamentals of what I believe in as, of this beauty comfort function and classic and nostalgia and romantic and forever to keep things, I think definitely today is something that resonates even more with people that perhaps were riding the wave of trends previously. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, when they talk, when people talk about wanting to have your own company or their own company and they 
people say, well, you just have to find something that you really love and build around that. And, and that can be tricky to do. And then as you say, even if you do find something that's very sort of of the moment, it doesn't necessarily stay of the moment. Right. So, you know, do you have any thoughts or advice for women who are either trying to start their own thing or keep their own thing going, especially in this crazy time? Well, you know, it's funny. I've, I've mentored actually young kind of graduating people over time as well. Um, and I, I always say, say that the two things I don't believe you can sustain a business, you can start a business and maybe have a big success momentarily, but to sustain a business, I do believe you have to have passion because that will be the driver during times that you struggle with, which you will. I mean, I don't know of a single business that hasn't had challenges. Um, and also be prepared to work hard. There's no shortcuts to that. You can have you know, the biggest crew of people helping you and whatever. But, you know, if it's your own company with your own passion, you know, the responsibility and the vision and the leadership always is on your shoulders. And so I do believe that passion and hard work are the two most important values of having a company. Um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, fortunately for me, when I decided that I didn't want to go back into doing commercials because I had these two young babies, you know, I had a couple of other careers behind me and I was also raised, my parents were flea market people. Um, and plus obviously being a stylist, I had the, the uh, skill set of, um, you know, styling beautiful situations, maybe not for a store, but that was kind of already in my toolkit. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, it wasn't, I was like researching, well, what's on brand right now and what's everybody else doing? For me, shabby chic, it's nearly like it was, I was like channeled nearly um, to, to bring this aesthetic and to, to put together all these other little careers that I've had along the way that culminated in this aesthetic and also in its function. So, and I, and I also, I mean, obviously when, when one started a business 30 years ago, much different to today, didn't have a computer, didn't have social media, didn't have influencers. You know, you had magazines. And so the difference then, I think, is that, um, you know, without undermining anybody that has had success with influencers, because, you know, they definitely are helpful too. Mm. But there's nothing more long-lasting and enduring than authentic testimonials of really experiencing a product. And, you know, way back then, you know, you had magazines and magazines really did their research of, you know, what are you about? And they were long lead magazines. So by the time maybe you gave an interview and it didn't come out for three, four, five months, and then it would sit in a dentist office for another three years. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, I think the way that companies were able to launch and communicate what their business is, is much different today. And I, I don't know how I would do if I was starting today. So I guess I have to speak to what today is about um, as far as advice to give to people. And, you know, I, I very much like the tools of social media, mm -hmm. um, especially because I do move around. And, um, you know, we don't have huge marketing budgets to pay for 
you know, advertising of any ways that people are doing advertising now. But I think that where I've managed to um, gain a really engaged audience, you know, I don't have the biggest amount of followers, but I have a very engaged audience. And I think it's because I share my whole journey. You know, I share my inspiration. I share my creativity. I share my creative blocks. I share my personal life challenges. And I think that if people really believe that there is a human person with, you know, everyday relatable challenges and, um, you know, successes too, I think that that is a really, really good way to hold your audience. I think the other thing is, is, you know, you can definitely be inspired by other especially if you're in the creative field you know I get inspired all the time by movies magazines you know peeling paint on a building but I think that your your voice still has to be something that's unique to you of whatever you want to say I don't think that there's the staying power if you're just going to emulate other, something that's already there if something's already there it's already there it doesn't need another one that makes sense. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And I mean, in terms of keeping up with the times and looking at your Instagram feed, you know, you, your your Instagram is, feed is just filled with such stunning videos and pictures and places you've traveled. And also you being honest, you being you yeah. about this time being tough. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that I hesitate to use the word authenticity because it's so overused, but really uh-huh. it work it, it's it's the right word to use. It, you're so genuine and authentic and I think that is a really special thing right now and that's much more important. Well, you are an influencer, but that's much more important than having influencers than you don't that you don't know to your target audience. Yes. Yes, and I think that's actually been a nice silver lining of um, this kind of lockdown where, you know, we've seen, you know, the four walls of a lot of celebrities' homes, you know, where they don't have their glam squad, you know, making them look all intimidatingly beautiful. And I think that there's, you know, certain celebrities, I mean, Jen Gardner or Naomi Watts, to name a couple, you know, they're just, I feel like they've become my friends (laughs) because they're just so real with, with how they portray themselves. And it makes me very warm to wanting to, when they do eventually get back into making movies, I'm much more drawn to them now. Well, see, I was going to say that about you, but that sounded kind of creepy in my head. because <laughs> so, so I won't. But um, t- talking about Instagram, and I, I do definitely agree with you, during this pandemic, you've built this amazing, shabby, strong community. And, you know, that speaks to, I think, what you were saying about maybe not having the most followers, but having very engaged followers, which are much more valuable. So could we talk about that a little, please? Yeah, so that was a byproduct of, or silver lining. Um, you know, I had, I, I live in this little teeny rented cottage in the countryside. I haven't actually, in England, I haven't actually set up um, my home, my proper home yet. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I'd gone through a bit of a heartbreak and a couple of other personal situations at the beginning of lockdown. And as I, like everybody else, saw, hey, this isn't going to be a one-week, two-week, three-week situation. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm all by myself. You know, what am I going to do? Not from a standpoint of boredom, but I was feeling a bit lonely. 
so truthfully the the inspiration for me to reach out and do my first video was I needed the connection I needed to say hey guys anybody out there um and then I found that there there were lots of people in similar situations whether it's they were alone too or whether they actually had a very crowded house and couldn't even find their own space so I think, you know, being alone or suddenly having a house full of people that normally come and go, I think was equally beautiful and equally challenging. So that was where the idea came from. But then what I found was, you know, I think sometimes when you're alone, at least I do, I just start doubting my value. You know, what, what you know, I think that's what lockdown did for a lot of people is you go inward and you think, what is my life about? What is important to me? What have I done? Who am I? And I went down that same journey. And what I found and what I was so grateful for were all the engagement of the questions. You know, some people wanted to know, not about my personal life, but, you know, just what makes me tick and my feelings. And some people wanted to know about business and some people wanted to know about flea markets and, you know, all different uh, conversations. And so I did, I actually did focus, like I think there was one week that I just talked about business, how I started the business and all the different trials and tribulations. And then, you know, as I was able to get out a little bit, I would go to the flea markets and show them not just what I love, but what I don't love. Um, and then I was also able to get into lots of wonderful country homes and give tours. And, you know, what that filled me up as much as it filled up this community. But, you know, there were days where I felt really wobbly or I would get mail from people saying that they were having a really tough time. And so then I just began this term, shabby strong, everybody, you know, at the end of a show or at the beginning of a show. Um, and it just it, it's it, it's become as wonderful for me as um, as it was for them. And the interesting thing is when I came to California six weeks ago, because I was basically in the countryside throughout from March until um, October. And my intention was to continue communicating with this shabby, shot, strong community, even once I was in California, because of course I can communicate to them through my store or through my, my, my factories and my warehouses or my daughter's house or my own house that I have here. And I found when I was here, I didn't lose the connection with them. I thought about them all the time. And in fact, my phone is about to explode with all the videos that I've shot. But I think because I was so distracted here by all these other things, I, did, I haven't had the, the purity of thought and connection to sit down, other than on Thanksgiving when I did do a face-to-face. -face. You know, when I sit and do those face-to-face those -face talks with this community, I'm talking literally to my camera as though I'm talking to my friend. And I just, it was very, it's been much more hard for me to find that in myself while I've been here. So as soon as I go back to England, I'll, you know, download all these videos I've shot and I'll be doing face-to-faces again. But I feel like our home, the Shabby Strong community, our home is in England, which is kind of interesting. That That is interesting that you think it's there, but it's also, so you're taking a break, which is, you know, something you should allow yourself to do. I think it's really important for a lot of this show really usually speaks to working women and that's really what I'm very interested in is giving, you know, inspiring other working women. And I think, you know, during this time, really everything you've just said, women, for for me, 
I usually, I have my own business and I usually travel almost every week. If not, I prefer like every other week to LA, San Francisco, and New York, and I'm based in Miami Beach. And now I haven't been on a plane um, since March. And now I'm like with my husband all the time. You know? <laughs> so, not that I don't appreciate that, but... But for many women, it's this, it, it is a very big change and it makes you question and it also makes you sort of, in many cases, how, realize how hard it is. So for somebody like you that really, you know, seems to have it all together to so many people, I think it's extremely valuable that you're, that you're willing to share how you really feel. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think with so many creative people, we, we create our best work when there's little broken bits. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. The other thing that I did on lockdown was I wrote a book. Um, you know, of course, I couldn't get out and do photography, but so it's all illustrative. But, you know, I think it's one of my most poignant pieces of work, actually, because there were many times where I would go to my desk and of course it was winter some England quite dark days and you know I really like it's not like it's a novel it's not like that kind of pouring my heart but I don't know just little words that I found and expressions that I found were of a much more profound level than typically I write. So when can we expect the book? Well it's called Rachel Ashwell's Painted Stories Mm -hmm. And it's due out um, sometime around April, I think. Um, it's a small little book. It's much more small scale. It's only going to be like under $15. Um, and it speaks to, you know, there's lots of lovely sketches of chandeliers and chests of drawers and all that type of stuff. But then I also had a lot of artists contribute beautiful portraits or other things that really... Um, inspired me to write lovely quotes and whimsical thoughts. And, um, and even like when I talk about a chest of drawers that I love, you know, I talk about, you know, Brandy Carlyle's song where she talks about all the lines, of, lines on her face, tell her story. And so I weave in like my favorite songs or favorite quotes from movies. And so it's, it's quite a profound, sweet little book. And at the end of it, I think you really are inside my head of what I see when I see things. And it's often much more than the thing that I'm seeing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And well, it sounds like a wonderful book and uh, one that I will be adding to my Rachel Ashwell book collection. Oh, <laughs> so, <thank you. laughs> so, okay. Thank I you. would be remiss without just quickly turning to a little bit around in terms of how you see things, because you have such a beautiful way of looking at things. So a lot of people, as we said, are home, and that's been difficult. And one of the things I know that a lot of me and a lot of my friends are now picking apart our houses, seeing what we want to change. So, which I know is a big thing that happens. But um, if you can't change everything, what's something that people could change to make their home feel nicer? Well, I always start with what you can get rid of. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's from a practical purpose or an energetic reason. You know, I think stuff carries energy. 
Um, and so I always start with look around. Does something have an extraordinary purpose or is something wonderfully beautiful? And if it's not, really think about whether you even need it. You know, especially people of our generation, you know, I think we hoard quite a lot of all the family heirlooms and all that type of stuff. But, you know, it, it's hard to let go of because you kind of don't want to. But it just some, sometimes, I mean, I think I've got like great grandmother stuff that my grandmother then gave to my mother that my mother then gave to me. And now I'm going to give to my kids. And, you know, it's just passing hands. And, and so I think that, you know, to start with, what, what don't you need? Just create some space. Um, and then I would say, you know, I'm, I'm quite a, a fan of kind of, you know, not, not spiritual, but very simple living. There was a day where I would say paint everything white as far as like your walls. But I've kind of moved on a little bit from that. But I still like things to feel clean and, and very light. You know, I do this thing of where I paint half a wall or I leave one wall. So perhaps you have you choose like a lovely sage green or a beige or a gray. Maybe you do that. My, my thing is I like to paint from the floor three feet up and then white above it. So you still have the illusion that it's a, a lovely light room, mm -hmm. but you can bring in some warmth and, and some tone with painting. So I do think painting is really important. I think lighting is very important. Um, you know, whether it's for practical purposes, but more importantly, just for, um, soothing purposes, you know, whether it's a chandelier or just, just soft lighting, I think is a really, really important thing to make sure that you have dimmer switches, very easy um, thing to apply to whether it's a lamp or, in, you know, even on the wall. I think dimmer switches are really important. Um, I think it's really as simple as it sounds, candles and flowers. You know, again, if, if you've made some space for seeing what's really important and what moves you I know they sound simple but I can't tell you the amount of homes I go into that they don't have candles and they don't have flowers doesn't have to even to be real flowers if you can't get your hands on them I'm a great believer in faux flowers you know we have a line that's called forever flowers and you can go to your local craft store and buy a couple of roses I think that's very important mm -hmm. um you know I'm also very big on again once you've left made some space quotes I think quotes just around the house little you know pretty quotes can be life-changing you know when you wake up in the morning you don't feel so great that little quote can just rewire you so all of those things are kind of more on a feeling um, way of I think what you can just give a little bit of more of attention to in your home and then you know as far as you know of course what we do the core of my business is slip covers you know, we've seen a huge um, trend in that during this lockdown of, you know, people not wanting to necessarily get rid of their furniture, but how do you refresh it? So, you know, slip covers, some new decorative pillows, maybe some throws. I think that's very important. I know that a lot of people are working out of their homes now. Um, and here in California, a lot of kids still aren't even back at school yet. So there's all these multi-purpose activities now going on in homes so I think organization is really important and you know whether it's getting really attractive baskets or storage you know storage uh, boxes so that your house doesn't all, all feel like everything's about to explode like the workstation is overflowing into where we eat and, and then overflowing into the schoolroom 
you know, I think it's very important to create these, even if it's just a little nook, I don't care how big it is, Mm -hmm. but give that little nook its moment so that it feels appealing and it's organized. I think that's very important as well. Um, I'm I'm rambling on probably too much. (laughs) No, these are, these are terrific ideas and great things to share. I want to ask you just to build on this. I know you love flea markets. You've mentioned it and I've, I've read about it in your books. Mm -hmm. Um, So flea markets harder for a lot of people to be at right now. um, Or in a lot of cases they're not happening or Mm -hmm. they don't want to go if they are. So are there places that Besides Shabby Chic, of course, mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. are there other recommendations where you like to shop online? Yeah, I mean, I love Etsy. I think Etsy is great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I buy a lot of rugs on Etsy, lots of rugs, fabulous rugs. Um, you know, if you put the word vintage before whatever you're looking for, you know, if you just put in rugs, you're going to get 50,000 rugs. But if, if you like the aesthetic of vintage, you put vintage in front of whatever, vintage lamps, vintage, vintage rugs, vintage vases, vintage glassware. Um, it just narrows it down a little bit. Um, you know, the only place that it's a bit challenging, whether it's Etsy or, you know, any of the other uh, platforms is shipping can get crazy. You know, you can find a fabulous $200 or even $150 table and then it's $700 to ship it. Um, so you've got to be careful when it really, if you keep anything that can be put in a box or a bag, you're in good shape. Um, you know, once you get into furniture, it gets pretty prohibitive, actually. But, you know, also, I mean, I know not all of them are open or people are nervous going out. But, you know, especially now, because people, a lot of people are clearing out their houses, you know, certainly, you know, the, the Goodwill stores and all of that, there's, especially if you can find furniture ones, they've got some real treasures going on. I learned the hard way about shipping because I got so excited. I... I had these beautiful Asian pots oh. that when I got divorced, uh, they didn't come with me. And one night I decided I would find them again. And I bid on them on eBay and and actually won and never looked that the shipping wasn't included. <laughs> so I'm curious, we talked a little bit and I just have two more questions for you. Um, in terms of this time, things that you do, um, to try to stay. This show used to be very much about balance in terms of working women finding balance from traveling or just working home. And now everything's all melded together. Mm-hmm. But are there things that you do and maybe stepping away from Instagram a little bit is mm-hmm. really is a good example of one of them, but things that you do to try to keep yourself balanced and happy? Yeah. And sometimes I do a better job of it. And I think it's funny. It's like, I think one tends to do a lot of, not self-help, but a lot of taking care of oneself, however that is, exercise, eating right, other things. And then all of a sudden you stop doing everything. And you typically stop doing everything when you really need to do it more than you should. You need to do it more than ever. Um, So I think during those times, for me, what really helps is I do journal. Um, I find journaling gives me a archive of looking backwards when I am feeling a bit wobbly, um, where I can then look back and see how I navigated through that and that it's going to be okay. So I do find journaling very helpful. Walking for me, I mean, I try and do my 12,000 steps whenever I can, um, both for exercise, but also mind clearing. Um, I do pray. I have, I have an allotted 
day each day to pray. And, you know, that kind of looks like, um, you know, what I tend to do is I start with what I'm grateful about. Then I start with what I'm a little bit concerned about and need help with. And then I go on to kind of world, world needs. So I find that very helpful. Um, I'm a big, big podcast um, listener. Uh, you know, I tend to be more in the self-help arena. I love Brene Brown. There's a guy called Mark Groves. He does this thing called Create the Love. I love Russell Brand. Um, you know, I tend to, I, I find those arenas and not just kind of um, in a therapeutic way, but they often have guests on that I find very inspiring. TED Talks I find very, very inspiring. So I find those things um, when I'm feeling blocked or just too me, 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 um, I find if I step out of myself and, and reach out in that arena of, I find that more positive than flicking through Instagram and seeing, you know, bikini models on the beach and thinking, why don't I have a body like that? <laughs> um, so those things. And then again, also making sure that I have my flowers and I have my candles. You know, it's very easy, especially when you're alone, to think, oh, I don't need to light the candle. Oh, I don't need flowers. I don't need this. I don't need that. We know what you do need them. I mean, I think you really do need them. So, you know, just to make sure that, you know, you, you just do those little tiny accents of, of importance, I think just helps keep a little bit spring in the step, even though we're not springing anywhere right now. Exactly. So my, my <laughs> last question, just to wrap up, is there one piece of advice or several, um, but one piece of advice that has helped you in your life and your career that you can share with us? Um, yeah, a few actually. Um, you know, I, I do believe whether it's one person or as I call it, the shabby chic village, um, you know, you're, you're, you, you are only as good as your support. Um, you know, you can have the most extraordinary vision or products, but if you don't have the right support, um, you know, it's, it's going to hinder your success. But in saying that, I'm female, as you know, and I'm also rather romantic. And, you know, even though I'm this businesswoman, I, I consider if I had to put myself in a box, you know, I would say I'm in certain ways quite soft. And I think what's very important in business is to still be professional. It's very easy when you're a woman to run a business or make decisions from it, from your emotions. And that doesn't always serve you. Um, so, you know, that's one thing that I'm trying to do, especially during these days, because, you know, businesses are having to make tough decisions. And, you know, it's very difficult sometimes where you just want to give everything you possibly can and make everything okay, like there's not this huge big problem. But I think you do need to, at the end of the day, is a business that you have and you've got to treat it that way with empathy, with kindness, with respect. But nevertheless, you know, you can't give more than you have to give. So I think that's something very important. Um, and like I said, I think, also, we evolve, and um, I've actually learned this from my daughter. It's funny how we learn from our kids sometimes. You know, she had a, quite a successful clothing company. I thought it was beautiful. I bought the clothes. But it wasn't her thing. You know, somehow she had built 
someone else's dream. It looked like it was her dream, but it was somebody else's dream. And, you know, she, she shut it down. And I, I myself and other people were all like aghast. And she's now gone down this other path and she's found her, what she should be doing. And I think also that sometimes happens for all of us. I mean, how many lawyer, people that have got law degrees do we know who, you know, become an artist or whatever? I think it's really important as we evolve and different things are important to us that if we have the luxury, I know obviously there's responsibilities, finances, all of that type of thing, but, you know, we are only here once. And so if we, if, if we find that we're actually on a path that we've actually outgrown to be brave and go down a different path. And, you know, I'm finding that in myself, you know, I'm finding areas I've had so many different careers within Shabby Chic. You know, I've been a TV host, I've been an author, I've been a designer, I've been a, all types of things. Um, I'm making sure, certainly at my age now, to spend as much of my time focusing on things that really bring me joy, not just because these other things I'm just so used to doing, so I'm going to continue doing them. If that makes sense. It certainly does. And I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. You are a true inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be in touch, hopefully. Yes. Take care. Okay. You take care too. Bye for now. Bye-bye.